Ladies, gentlemen, they, thems, welcome to it. My name is Sibs Matiela, and that means that you are watching the Private Property Podcast, where we answer all of your burning questions around all things property. Um, because at privateproperty.co.za, our mission, our goal, our vision, all we want in life is to connect you to the heart of property. And that's why I'm here. Not because I have all of the answers, but because I know the right people to ask those burning questions to. got a scoop for you today uh we are going to talk about how to build an airbnb empire without actually owning any property wild but apparently not because we have mr tarai jack here with us who is the founder of m5 property addicts um and he's going to tell us all about that tarai welcome to the show hey thank you very much sips how are you i'm great listen yeah, yeah. i i i mean i haven't won the powerball yet yeah. So I kind of, uh, I'm not in the, but I'd still like to make money from this thing. But before we get to it, for anyone who doesn't understand or know what Airbnb is, like our, our moms and our teachers maybe, mm. um, can you explain the model? I think the model is, I think for a lot of us who, we probably know what rental is. Uh, rental is for a lot of us, we, we do have either a room in our house or we do have a, another cottage outside and we get people to literally move in and stay with us for about a year or a couple of months. But um, Airbnb have actually gone out there and what they have done is they've taken this long-term rental and they've said, well, you can do short-term rental. So there's many of these Airbnbs and I want to almost say when I'm saying Airbnb, it doesn't mean that that's the only platform that there is. Mm. There's others that are called bo bookings.com, uh, Slaplaka. Trivago. Yeah, there's, there's lots of them. But the bottom line of it is that they are all short term. So short term, uh, one actually needs to have access to that platform. So if you've got access to that platform, then the second thing that one needs to have is to have a property. But you can also have access to a property and then you can load it onto this airbnb that we are talking about like waiting till your parents go away for the weekend and then getting people to come stay mm, well you do need some permissions so there's rules <laughs> and regulations around it but the short answer is yes for as long as you have permission to do that um that's what airbnb does so you can do it for short term and when i'm talking about short term here i have literally seen short term these days be like an hour someone wants to freshen up for an hour or do other things for yeah, an hour right if that's how long it takes you for you see or the short-term platforms have also become long-term platforms because there's other benefits that comes with it as well but that's basically airbnb okay so you've talked about this sort of rent to rent concept right yeah. you don't necessarily need to own a property to be able to rent to rent yes what does that mean well, rent to rent, I think it's, you have a property and 
I will come through and then I'll rent that property. But it doesn't really make sense if I'm renting that property a rand for a rand because then I'm not making money. Potentially, I might lose some money because now I might have some expenses in between. Mm. So I looked at that earlier on in my property journey. And when I started off, I had no money, right? Like many South Africans are out there. So I had to be creative around this. And creative, I started reading books. Uh, and then eventually, I actually read about rent to rent. And I'm like, hold on, can I do this in South Africa? And I found out I, I could. And I realized that there's actually, in some of the buildings that I was owning at the time, there were people that were actually doing rent to rent, but I didn't know. So I rent a building to you, Sibs, it's a two bed, one bed, and you go and rent out to other people. Yeah. Subletting. But in the process, you obviously need to make money out of it. Now, so let's talk about the two bed, one bath, right? So I am renting your two bed, one bath. If I'm renting that for 5,000 from you, I cannot rent it out to the next person for 5,000. We've defined What's that. the point? Exactly. So what else can we do? Can we do maybe student accommodation on that? Then maybe the students are going to pay a little bit more because students, they normally pay per bed versus per unit. Yeah. So I'm renting it for five and maybe a bed is 5,000. Four students, I'm on 20 grand. Hey, I'm making money. Now it doesn't make sense, isn't it? Yes. Now let's go back again to this short-term rental. Now short-term rental, you could potentially be renting out a room for let's say 500 Rand or in some other areas, hot areas, uh, maybe a thousand Rand a room. So if you're renting it out for let's say 5,000 Rand, in this scenario, let's assume that the unit is empty. There's no nothing in it, no beds, whatever. So you're renting it for 5,000 and on top of that, you now need to put your own furniture in it. Mm. Very rarely do you see finished apartments, right? So now you have finished it. So maybe that's going to give you maybe take away from your pocket 100, 200,000. So Wait, that, where are you buying your furniture from? Well, it really depends. Have right? you heard of Lira Merlin? <laughs> yes. Takealot.com. For sure. So, so it depends how much you want to kit it up. Um, are you wanting to kit up as bed are you wanting to kit it up you know it now it depends um but with a bit of money you can kit it up so but you don't own it and now we're coming back to okay fine if you're now renting it out let's say a thousand rand a uh, 500 rand Let, let's go a little bit low 500 rand uh, a day and now let's take 10 days in a month but this is on one room mm. you have two rooms right so you could easily get to your 5,000 with the first one room on 10 days. But in a month, you got how many days? Let's take a leap year, 27 days, right? But in most cases, we have 31 days. So which means that you stand to be making a Wait, money. sorry, a leap year is like 29 days, isn't it? 29 days. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that was going to mess with me. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> So, so having said that, you could see that there is a potential of you making money without actually owning the two-bed one. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you are not going to be fully tenanted every day. So how do you cover that up? So that's the business acumen that now needs to come in. 
but Airbnb now uh, gives you uh, the ability for you to market your property on there. They have customers already that are wanting to come and stay in a particular area. So if you're finding marrying a property and an area and MBAB will continuously send you people and that's how you would make money. Now, what are the pros and cons am I looking at now as a potential investor trying to go into this business model, this Airbnb mm. situation? Sure, there's plenty of them, right? If now they, I want they... to get rich. I have access to my <laughs> parents' property rich. because they went to the Maldives for five months. Sure. Right. So, so let's look at the pros of it. The pros of it is, number one, you're going to make money, right? Um, how are you going to make money? you're going to make what I call cash flow, right? So in property, you make money twice. Um, if you own a property, you make money with appreciation. The value of the property is accumulating, mm. right? But in this case, you're not going to be making that. So that's a con, right? The pro of it is that you don't have money today coming into your bank account. So for the fact that now you have money coming into your bank account, if you are wanting to make money with property in the long term, then you could now take this income statement of yours and tomorrow you can now go to the bank and you could go and get your own two-bed one-bath, which then basically means now you are beginning to make money twice on the property itself with appreciation and obviously on the cash flow and you don't have to rent. Mm. But uh, the other pro that I've... I really think that this is like for everybody. And, and, and many a times when we go out in business, we don't think about this. I always say we need to start small when you go into something. But besides starting small, get educated first. Mm. Now, if you're going in on someone else's property, it's not yours. So the learning that you're going to be getting there, your risk is min minimized, mm. which means that if it goes wrong, you can now like say, hey, Sips, this is not for me. Let me move on to what's for you. If the geezer so breaks, you can phone someone else because they have to fix it. 100%. The commitment is not 100% on you. Mm. So you can still be able to walk away. So there's plenty of pros and cons around it. Yeah. What are the cons? Well, the cons, well, it's a property and it's a business, right? <laughs> it looks like you know something, but you don't <laughs> want to say it. What are the cons? Tell the truth and shame the devil. I, I think for, for a lot of people that know me, I, I always want to tell you the good side and the bad side. And you need to then choose for yourself. What's the bad side, Tarai? Yeah. So the bad side is that we all know that this is now a business. So in business, there'll be seasons where you make money. And in business, there'll be times when you won't make money. So if you're ill-prepared around it, when you make money, you can go bankrupt, right? So which basically means that you now need to be clever around it. Not all seasons are going to be the same. But over and above that, maybe you're like me, an introvert. So you don't like talking to people. 
And now all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> <laughs> why are you laughing? I'm laughing because you're literally talking to me right now in front of multiple cameras, but you don't like talking to people. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you could be an introvert like me and you don't like talking to people and you've got your two bed, one bath. And you decide, let me not go and rent out, but actually let me just let out my spare room. So which basically means that now you're going to have guests and people that are going to come and they will come and talk to you. Now, we may go into that business thinking that, ah, it's cool, I'm going to make money. But now this is something that rubs you extremely badly. It's no longer a good business. The money is no longer good, so it's a con. Not you saying that a con of an Airbnb is other people talking to you. I can't. Anyway, what are the different business models that someone can use or implement now if they want to get started in the Airbnb business and they don't actually own property? So now I'm talking about like other sort of softer services, mm. perhaps like cleaning or <clears throat> that kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, I'm one of those people that do not want to give people to say go and do this because I honestly think that there is so many creative people out there and when you kind of like give people something to say you're going to do this then you're putting them in a box they just think Airbnb oh you can do cleaning so I'm not going to talk about that yes there is cleaning yes you can be a photographer there's a whole lot of things name the other ones maybe but I want to give you the recipe and then you can apply it where you are and say, ha, ah, I can do that. Okay. So this is a business. You're bringing in people in your property. Mm -hmm. You know the area, right? So assume that I don't know that area. But why am I coming to stay in your property? So you might be advertising this to say, I am from KZN, I cook the best dish, wada wada. You could monetize the cooking of that dish because I've never eaten that dish and I'm coming to KZN. Hello, but I've never been to the beach in KZN. You can be my escort to the various places <laughs> in the areas. He doesn't mean that kind of escort. <laughs> right? So... Think of it that way in terms of you've got people that are coming through to you. What problems are they having? And you can solve that problem and then you can start to put a value to it. So I'll marry back to this whole idea of cleaning, mm. right? So maybe on holiday, a lot of people that use Airbnb, they're on holiday. They don't like the concept of cleaning up for themselves. So for that reason, that was the problem. Mm. And the cleaning is the solution. And you charge for it, right? So what other things that is in your area already that you can put a price on and you think that if these people come through, they'll be able to pay for it. And who knows? Maybe they can tell us on the chat a little bit later on what they can monetize. Yeah. Like if there's load shedding and then I offer people <laughs> USPs, UPSs, oh, what you're are they called? It. Yep. Yeah, then I can just go house to house and be like, I'll charge your phone for you. 100%, you get it. I'm going to be rich. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Are you rich? I like it. I am not rich. Are you? Yeah. So I don't advocate for people to buy anything in their name. So personally, as Tarai, I own 
nothing. However, I have control. Is this a tax evasion thing? We can say that <laughs> very much around protecting your assets. Okay, explain. Because a, because a lot of things can go wrong, right? Yeah. So let's give an example. If you, we're talking about this Airbnb, right? So now you are doing this Airbnb for three years, four years, and you're finding more properties to rent out. Yeah. And now you've built yourself a good income statement. You go to the bank and the bank says, yes, we can give you X amount of money for your properties. Uh, and you go to the, to the bank now. And for that reason, the banks gives you X number of money, but at some point you will reach a limit. Yeah. So those that buy properties, especially in their name, they will know that at some point the bank will say you've reached a limit. So I don't do that. I buy properties in, in a company because in a company, there is no limit. You can buy as many as you can. So let's think about it. Any of the big companies that we know, how much debt do they have? Plenty of debt. So the vehicle of a company is the right vehicle to be buying in. In my view, if you're doing property investments, don't use your name. Yes. I love this. I know you don't want to answer this question, but can you list some of the like side hustles or like spin-off businesses that one could like do? Mm. So I think we, we have already touched on some of those. Um, there is many, many ways. Once someone else is captivated by what you who you are and where you are and you've got them in your house are you maybe doing something a photographer so you can take them pictures for where they are going so i got a 14 year old and a two-year-old right so if these we are, are your children yeah. you're using your children as an example right so i'm out there if I'm on a holiday, I am not looking for, guys, let's wait, let's take a selfie. No. If I'm on a holiday, I really want the flexibility of being on a holiday and also being in the picture as the father, isn't it? So if I find someone else where we are going to be staying and then they say to me, hey, if you got a space, I'll take you pictures all the time and you pay me a hundred rand. That's a business. Is right that there. a business that can be marketed on the Airbnb platform? There's quite a lot of things that you can add on as, as add-ons, right? That you can provide as a service. Right? Yeah. Right. So I don't think that there is a limit, especially to where you your property could be. Because even now we are seeing caravans as on the airbnb we tiny are tiny homes yes we are tree houses so so i i honestly do not think that we should limit ourselves in thinking in terms of what can be done i think airbnb itself had we had they limited themselves then what we are talking about would have never happened today yeah so there's lots of things that we can do uh and one just needs to be open about it and put a disclaimer to their guests to say, I can provide the service and it costs this much. And if Airbnb then revokes it and whatnot, then you have to speak to Airbnb around it. But you have to put a disclaimer to say, this is what you're doing. Interesting. 
Only because I think very few people know, you know, you go into Airbnb and you look forward, whatever you're looking for. Hey, I want to go to Durban with five of my friends. I need a house with a pool and a jacuzzi and a whatever. But there's actually like offerings there as well, like experiential things that you can book via the app that a lot of people aren't aware of. 100%. <clears throat> and even less aware of the fact that they can be the ones offering those services. As the host, you can, right? Yeah. And and you can put a value to it because a value in Kemp's Bay versus a value in Johannesburg, maybe? <laughs> I was going to say another city, but I thought- What were you going to say? I was going to say something in the Limpopo side, but yeah. But the value of things is, is different based on location, right? Yeah. So, uh, in this case, something that would be a thousand rand in another town could be 20 rand in another town because it's in abundance. So what is it that's unique? I think for me, Airbnb has created this uniqueness. And I think for a lot of us who go and post our properties on, on Airbnb, we're losing that. We're just thinking that it's a place where you can make the money. But how? Remember when Airbnb started coming up, they were all advocating about uniqueness. Mm. They would even say, tell us about you. So why would we want to know about you? Because maybe it's a culture thing that I'm looking for to experience when I'm there. So create the utmost experience that you can give someone else. And then the value of it is really meaningless. There's so much money that you can charge for that because... You are the only person who is giving that experience. A pioneer. Yes, ma'am. My goodness. <clears throat> who handles the insurance cover and who's liable for damage on a property? Okay, so I think let's separate the two because today we, we started talking about very much I'm starting as a newbie. Mm. So remember the property doesn't And belong. I don't even own the property. 100%. Yes. So let's go back. You, the property doesn't belong to you. So the structure of the property, if we are to turn the property upside down, the landlord needs to do that. However, for you to be doing Airbnb on the property, you need to have gotten consent from your landlord, right? To say, this is what I'm going to be doing. Now, God forbid, if it is in a estate, because some estates, you know, don't just get consent from your landlord. There is what is called the border corporate. Now mm. they need to go in and ask the border corporate. So I like to do it in freestanding because there's less red tape. So for that reason, turn the property upside down. The, anything that is not going to fall is the landlord. If anything else that's going to fall on that property when you've turned it upside down, then Airbnb has the insurance around that. So you can do that. You can take it via Airbnb. Or you could actually take your own insurance to cover your home content. So your kettles, your TV, you can do that as well. General household insurance. 100%. <clears throat> so it's a three-layered, um, but however, in short, it's two. The landlord for anything that is upside down. And anything that's going to fall away, you can take it to the Airbnb. So are there any regulations that actually need to be met before now I'm going on this Airbnb journey? Oof, I think that's a painful conversation that a lot <laughs> of us... Um, run away from out of ignorance uh, so i'm not going to start to talk about airbnb itself i want to talk about when you've got a property and you're renting it out in south africa we've got what is called the 
rental act. So there's an act around renting out properties. Mm. So for the fact that you are doing it on Airbnb or any other platform, doesn't it matter. doesn't take you away from that. Mm. So that's our umbrella sort of like. Now, in each area, there's municipalities like, for instance, Cape Town, Johannesburg. They have their own bylaws. The bylaws are different from town to town. So in some areas, they may say that people own a property, you're allowed to have 10 people that are unrelated. That's your maximum. So let's assume now you have gone in and you have uh, rented out a, a place and now you're renting it on Airbnb. Mm. And now there's 12 people that are staying there. Even if it's for two days, you're out of regulation, right? So if your neighbors complain, you're in trouble with the bylaws, your local bylaws. We haven't even gotten through to Airbnb mm. itself. So one needs to check within their own neighborhood, well, municipality, what is the bylaws? Uh, and then thereafter, you can now load your property onto Airbnb and also now just double check the rules there. Um, I think checking the rules is easy, but reading to understand is more important. And then bingo, those are your kind of like guiding rules in your Airbnb. Do they send people to inspect? For Airbnb? Yeah. Uh, not necessarily Because so, there are a lot of liars on Airbnb. I, I, I almost want to say it this way. You are going to have guests that are going to come through, people that are going to book. Mm. I think that, this is Tara's view, those people, when they come in and they review, right? In my view, that's, that's an inspection on its own. <laughs> and it's a true reflection of you as the host and your business. But does Airbnb themselves send an inspector? Mm, no, I haven't heard of that. It feels a bit irresponsible to me. Yeah. Okay. It's silly season. Right. Big days. What are the most popular Airbnb destinations in South Africa? Hmm. I, I think we have the top kind of like maybe three, four for all of our holiday destinations. Cape Town. Um, yeah, Cape Town is always going to be <laughs> So, you know, like like I said earlier on, I, I don't just want to tell people. I'm of the view that the other day we went to a farm with my family, which was on Airbnb. So none of my kids, nor my wife, have ever been in a rural setup. But this was a farm which has kind of like a rural setup in it. And it's on Airbnb, right? Mm. So... Let's come back to the areas. Where are you? That's number one. So Cape Town, okay, great. Port Elizabeth, okay, great. Durban, okay, great. Johannesburg is kind of like dead in this season. However, what is it that you are selling? Because remember we said Airbnb, it's all about experience, isn't mm. it? So if you're in another town that is not known, there is people that are looking for areas that are not known. And if you were to put it on Airbnb, they want to come to your neighborhood. I'm asking you, in South Africa, where are the nice Airbnbs people should go? Don't well, avoid the question. <laughs> no, you're very good at avoiding the question and saying, as Tarai, no, answer the question I'm asking you. Sure. So all of our holiday destinations, <laughs> right? Which is, yeah, yeah, you kept on, yeah, bingo. Everybody wants to go to Cape Town. Uh, Deben, but 
Sibs, what I'm trying to say here is that, yes, we, we, we all know that those are the hot places, but Airbnb has been around for a while. You are now watching this today and you're coming out of the rock, right? Like what we said earlier on. Yeah. And now you're wanting to make money out of it. If you go to an Airbnb, there's a cave that is on Airbnb. So maybe in your own little town, you can still put in that cave and you can still make money. So don't restrict yourself to these big places. Because you can Airbnb a cave instead. If that's what you have access to. And, and, and since for me, when I started doing Airbnb on a rent to rent, that was what I was trying to solve. Get a cave. Not necessarily get a cave. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to get people to I come rent your cave. No. Fred Flintstoning the entire South Africa. No, no, no. I was trying to make money. Okay. So with making money, how could I do it? So I did limitation. I don't have a property. So I'm like, okay, fine. So maybe I can rent. So now we're talking about someone else who is in another town and they're watching us right now. But they're thinking, oh, I've never been to Cape Town before. What does Cape Town look like? Hey, in your area, you can do it. All right. Parting <laughs> words of wisdom. Parting words of wisdom. Um, I think in anything that you're going to be doing, whether it's in property or anything else, this Airbnb that we're talking about, number one, get educated around it. Um, you will lose money if you don't know how to do it. So get educated. That's the first thing. Don't go big. Start small and then grow fast. That's me. In caves and mountains and... Yes, in farms. And farms and all sorts of places. Yes. Tara, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. And for your insights. I've learned very much from you today. Thank you. And the next cave I see, <laughs> you better believe it's mine. And I'm going to rent it out for many monies. Well, as long as you've got access to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> the land. <laughs> Listen, that's all we've got for you tonight. Thank you to Mr. Tarai Jack, who is the founder of M5 Property Addicts. Uh, where can people find you? I'm everywhere on social media as uh, the TJ Tribe. Got you. You find him and he'll tell you more about the caves that you should be Airbnb. That's all from me. I'll see you soon.